What Else with Corey Mann on the Studio DNA Podcast Network. One-on-one conversations with some of your favorite artists. Find this podcast on iTunes, Spotify, and Spreaker.com. What Else with Corey Mann on the Studio DNA Podcast Network. Star Girl, Star Girl, coming to NBC this fall. It's Star Girl, starring Zoe Deschanel at Star Girl. That's right. You loved your new girl. Now she's Star Girl, coming to NBC this fall. Star Girl. That's that's great. Uh, welcome everybody to episode twenty of Disney Plus Reviews. I'm one of your co-hosts, Phil Souza. And I'm here with my co-host, my good friend, and the guy who played football for the Mud Frogs in high school. It's Jack Altramat. What's going on, Jack? Go Mud Frogs! Rid up, rid up, rid up. That was our chance. <laughs> I was all stater. We would have won the state title had Coach put me in, uh, and I hadn't hurt my knee. And then I started dating Star Girl, and we, you know, we all lost a big game. Big game. Mm, okay. Um, we also have two <laughs> guests on the show this week. Uh, uh, they're both returning guests. Uh, Grant and Caitlin Youngsma are back. They were uh, with us for the high school musical, the musical series, the, the world's longest name for a TV show episode. And uh, we couldn't wait to have them back. So um, welcome, guys. Thanks, Phil. We're glad and, to be now you guys are live. You guys are live from your bunker. You've been uh, hoarding food for years, waiting on this very moment. Uh, so glad to have you. Yeah, we have like thirty-seven thousand tons of toilet paper. You have uh, a bunch of uncrustables uh, <laughs> yeah. from school yeah. lunches. Uh, so if you, if you couldn't if you couldn't tell by the audio quality of this episode, uh, we are not in the same room like we normally are. We usually go into a studio and record on really nice mics and a really nice uh, recording room, but we are COVID nineteen quarantine, and so all three yeah. of us uh, there are three computers uh, basically running this call uh, due to the technology and the wonders of the internet. And so uh, Grant, and, Grant and, and Caitlin are in one room, and then me and Jack are in another room. So yeah, from three different homes coming to you live for Disney Plus reviews this week. So um, if you're just joining us for this podcast, we are an unofficial Disney Plus podcast reviewing the most popular stuff on Disney Plus. And we are basically going every other week right now. We're recording Star Wars The Clone Wars one week and then recording something else the week after that and then going back to Clone Wars. So um, episode five just released of The Clone Wars. I've not watched it, so no spoilers. Uh, Jack or anyone else has seen it, but- uh, I haven't seen it yet. That was so good, Phil. Don't tell me about it. Don't you dare. Um, and so I can't um, believe Darth is Luke's father. We'll be talking about Ahsoka Tano and all that good stuff next week. Uh, this week, we are talking about the new movie, Stargirl, which is exclusive. Um, the only way to watch it is on Disney Plus right now. Um, obviously produced by Disney for the service. Um, I'm just going to read like just kind of the on Disney Plus, like the description of the movie, um, just kind of, kind of get into the, the, uh, the attitude of talking about this movie. And then I want to hear everyone's kind of general thoughts about the film. I, I think 
uh, Grant and Caitlin literally just came off of watching it like what ten minutes ago. You just finished it. Yeah. So That's pretty accurate. <laughs> so uh, it goes like this: It says, uh, "Stargirl is a tender and offbeat coming-of-age story based on the critically acclaimed New York Times best-selling young adult novel about an unassuming high schooler who finds himself inexplicably drawn to the free-spirited new girl whose unconventional ways change how they see themselves and their world." That's one sentence, I think. Um, Definitely not much in the way of spoilers in the way of that. There's a lot that goes on inside of that little one sentence, but uh, what is everyone's overall thoughts on the movie? Did you um, like it, love it, hate it? It was just okay. What, what's, what's everyone, I, I guess we'll, we'll start with you, Jack, and then we'll just kind of go around. I thought it was uh, pretty good. I felt like uh, the girl that played the, the actress on there, didn't she, did she win a singing competition? America's Got Talent. So she uh, has a lot of talent, and um, she carried it, I thought. The kid could have been played by any Disney clone uh, born under Epcot Center in an incubator next to Zac Efron's uh, uh, <laughs> life model decoy that's available. You're talking about anytime. Leo? Yeah, that kid, whatever his name is. You yeah. can call him anything. You can call him Leonardo DiCaprio. You can call him Zac Efron. You can call him one of the Jonas Brothers. Uh, but he's twins. he's a, a yeah he could be Zach or Cody. Uh, he is uh, ir he's replaceable, but he did fine like that. And then but the girl who plays Star Girl is very talented. Does a good job. Um, caught the magic of whatever the book does. And then um, overall pretty good. Um, Giancarlo is it Giancarlo Esposito? I always say it wrong, but no, he right. um, he uh, as always performs very well it's he was a positive character not a villain because most of the time when you see him in a movie <laughs> he is a villain he's a bad guy uh and but in this way he's a very friendly uh archaeologist he's a, he's your local archaeologist like you'd meet on mr rogers neighborhood if you walk around the neighborhood you go to the bakery and then you go to the archaeologist all righty then good movie right. the best high school band you've ever seen um, by the way, Grace Vanderwall, who plays the, the titular character in this movie, um, is from Lenexa, Kansas. She's cool. from our neck of the woods. So it's KC. Yeah, yep. it's KC area. Uh, Grant and Caitlin, what did you think about the movie? Um, at first, I thought it was really strange. Not going to lie. That was my first initial thoughts. It was really slow moving at first. Um, I would say it took about 45 minutes to really start like picking up and getting like interesting to watch, but I ended up actually, I thought it was a really deep movie for Disney. Like, you know, it really, I just don't think any kid, you know, younger kid watching it would really understand what was happening in the movie. Yeah. But I don't know, maybe Miller watched it, right? He watched it. He really liked it. Um, and Amanda watched it. She really liked it. I, I thought it was pretty darn good, guys, honestly. But, yeah, I mean, overall, like, once it got to the end and, like, the message came out of what, you know, they were trying to really get you to understand from the movie, I thought it ended up being really good. But just really strange and slow-moving at first. Yeah. Um, overall, I I think I really liked it. I, I'm, I'm kind of with Grant and Caitlin. Like, I, I was not really in on the first 20 minutes. I, it, it was very um, – so the book was written two decades ago. It came out in uh, 2000, 20 years ago. And so 
I felt like the first 15, 20 minutes of the movie were pretty cliche. Like, um, you know, kid loses his dad when he was really young. Um, single mom is raising him. Uh, he's the outcast at school. You know, like a lot of stuff we've seen just a million times, um, especially in Disney type movies. I, I thought, oh man, like this is going to be just another thing that I've seen a lot of. Um, but then it takes a pretty good turn about, again, about 30, 40 minutes into the movie. And from that point forward, I was pretty hooked. And I like, I liked, Jack and I were pretty skeptical, I guess is probably the nicest way to say it. Uh, we watched the trailer a week, a week ago. And after watching the trailer, I don't think either one of us were super excited to watch this movie. Um, but I think honestly, that's because the trailer posits the movie as being this um, pretty heavy teen, romantic teen, teen love yeah, story. Yeah. Teen yeah. drama um, kind of stuff. And um, you know, a, a, a falling in love story amongst high school students, which isn't really like, I mean, that's not a sweet spot for me at all. Like as far as movies I enjoy watching. Yeah. Um, but this movie, honestly, I think it obviously has a lot about the romance, but I think most of the movie is really about her, which obviously the title of the movie tells you everything you need to know. Like this is a movie about Stargirl. I don't really see it primarily as a movie about the two of them in love. Um, although yeah. about probably about a third of the scenes are romantic scenes between the two of them. Um, I don't, I just don't see that as the kind of the main emphasis for the movie. And I don't even think it has anything to do with the theme, the overall theme of the movie, which um, I think is pretty obvious and clear to anyone that's seen it, but it's basically a, um, you know, be yourself no matter what other people think um, kind of thing. Right. And so yeah. if that's what you walk away with, don't be a Susan. Yeah, don't be a Susan. Uh, be a star girl. Be but, a star <laughs> girl. Um, but yeah, I think the romantic part of it, I, I think is really backseat um, to, to what I think they wanted to end up, what they wanted the audience to walk away with, with the movie, which is uh, super weird to go from a trailer to that and then have them be so different. But um, I really liked it. I, I honestly thought Leo was really well acted. I, I'd like to see him in some other things. And I thought his friends were pretty good too. Like the acting is pretty good. Um, I thought the music is pretty good. Um, it's got some original music as well as some covers. The covers were really good, I thought. Um, it's not a musical. I, I, I think Disney Plus is touting this as a musical, but it, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't really say that. It has music in it. That, that's what, that, but it's not, that makes it a musical. I'm not saying it. No, I know. Like I know. Hey, I know. It's okay. In a movie, it's a musical. It makes it a musical. <laughs> if you if you're listening to this, musical. No. If you're listening to this and and you're not sure if you want to watch it because you think it's a musical, I would say um, just ignore that. Just if you if you're interested at all, go watch it. Um, it's just not really. Watch it's not it. a musical. So. You'll love it. Yeah. It's, it's for all audiences. Do you feel like um, 25 years ago, if Jonathan Taylor Thomas was available, he could have played Leo? I think he could have easily been yes. Leo in this movie. JTT. Yes. You could put, like you said earlier, you could put any Disney Channel star in that role. Right. Any of them. It would have been the same thing. I yeah. agree with you. I agree with you 100%. Okay, well, um, I, w I want to kind of go beat by beat through the movie and then like it, just stop me at any time um, if you guys have like a comment or uh, a reaction to, you know, to a certain scene or something like that. There's, I think like for me, like four or five key scenes in the movie that we need to talk about and then um, anything else, you know, if I'm just um, running through and you want to stop me, go, go for it. But 
um, uh, there's certain scenes I'll, I'll definitely pause on. But um, so if you haven't watched the movie, this is where we get into spoilers. So if you're, um, you know, spoiler sensitive, you haven't seen it, maybe hit pause, go watch the movie, come back, and we'll uh, talk about it from here. So um, like I said, uh, Leo grows up without his dad. Um, his dad dies when he's, I think, eight. Um, yeah, eight years old. Yes. And mm-hmm. um, he wears that porcupine, porcupine. Porcupine tie every day. Porcupine. I love that tie so much. Like it is such a dad tie. Like I, I love um, how he like starts wearing that tie every day to school. Um, he and his mom moved to Micah, Arizona, some small town in Arizona, I guess. Uh, home of the Mud Frogs. Um, we looked it up. It's not real. Oh, it's a fake town. Okay. Yeah. It's a. Uh, to me, it looks like. Um, kind of in the middle of um like if you've been if you've driven through like arizona and new mexico kind of like the uh red rocks area like lots of um uh caverns and valleys and stuff like that um that part of arizona but um the town is super sad they've never won any trophies or made any stories they've never even won a football game or at least not Mm -mm. recently not Um, even an archery championship yeah nothing absolutely nothing uh, they they have a trophy case, which is hilarious that they just have it there empty. <laughs> um, on presumably the first day of school, pro- the porcupine tie gets cut uh, by some bullies. And basically at that point, and this is important for the story, Leo decides he's just going to blend in and be like everyone else. Like, I'm not going to stand out. I'm not going to do anything weird. I'm just going to disappear, basically. And um, But then on his ninth birthday, and every year after that, every year on his birthday, he gets a tie mysteriously delivered to his front porch. He has no idea who these are from. He assumes that they're from his mom, but his mom is just, you know, doing this because his dad, um, you know, ties and his dad, you know, mean a lot to him, but uh, he doesn't know for sure. And then jump all the way to his 16th birthday. He sees Stargirl for the first time. She's the new girl in town and she sings happy birthday for him in the middle of the cafeteria. Um, What? Yeah. Grace doing the ukulele thing. Uh, so Grace Vanderwall is is the the character that, um, or the girl that plays the the, the main character, Star Girl, in this movie. Although I guess I guess Leo is really the main character, as far as like screen time goes. But um, she plays Happy Birthday for him on her ukulele in the middle of the cafeteria. Um, what were you guys' first impressions when you saw her? Like the way she's dressed, the way that she acts, the way you know she just kind of does her own thing. She definitely doesn't blend in. Yep, she definitely not like her. I figured that was going to be the case, uh, that she would be um, a, a force of change in the uh, school community uh, to make them um, more accepting. I anticipated that, and I was right about my prediction. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't know what to expect with this movie. Honestly, I like I I, I wasn't even like calculating predictions in my, in my mind because um, I, I really didn't expect much. Like I, I just thought it was just going to be kind of a run of the mill uh, romantic movie. Honestly, outside of this podcast, I don't know that I would have watched this uh, movie. But we thought, you know, we'd cover some, something that's brand new and especially exclusive to the service. So you know, Disney. I read a I read a thing online. Disney originally cast Josh Gad as Star Girl. And then they changed their mind. Uh, Josh Gad. Josh Gad is Stargirl. They changed their mind. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Olaf, yeah. And they thought that would resonate and it would be different. But there's a whole whole other line of questions. So we just went with Vanderwall. 
Mm. No, okay. not, those are not facts that have been uh, fact checked. So I'm not sure. I read yeah. those on a on, on I read those on a Reddit thread. So I I, <laughs> I assume Reddit is accurate. That's an inside scoop. Thanks, Jack. Thanks. Uh, we're we're here back, on location. Back we're here to on you location. And back to you in the studio, Phil. <laughs> um, so and uh, okay, so Leo has this friend named Kevin, which I really liked. Kevin, by the way, I, I thought he was a pretty cool character. Um, he has a school TV show, which I totally resonated with. We had one when I was in actually high school and college, both had like, a, like a campus TV show. Did you guys grow up? Are you, did you guys grow up, me? Grow up? Yeah. Did you guys grow up with campus TV shows? No, we didn't have running water at my high school. Like, what are you talking <laughs> hey, about? Pal? Hey, Jack, you're really, you're really muffled. Go ahead and adjust your mic real quick. We're having Hello. trouble hearing you. Okay, Check. that's better. One, two. Yep. <laughs> it was, it was under okay. my, my chin. Yeah. What were you saying? Sorry. Uh, I know. I said we didn't have running water at my high school. We didn't have right. we didn't have a campus TV station. <laughs> what are you? What are you, Zach Morris? What's going on? Yeah, I let me be clear. We had a campus TV show in college. We had an audio radio show in high school. But anyway, okay. Um, I'm I'm just giving you a hard time. Neither at mine. I I think it's hilarious that the small town can actually do like that set. Like this school has nothing, and yet they have like this huge like TV studio. In their high for the school. hot seat for the hot seat it's a for big the hot seat syndicated show it's kind of interesting um he kevin wants star girl on the show you leo you have to get star girl on the show um as a guest um we see his one guest it's terrible a bass drum player um i'm skipping over some <laughs> scenes that don't really mean a whole lot at one point leo uh, caitlin i want to get your thoughts on this at one point leo follows star girl home that was creepy that was really creepy. That's what the couple of those parts, Grant and I were just like, this is strange. Why is he just following her around? Like, okay, so if you if you haven't watched the movie and have no intention of it, basically he is following her. her. I mean, like, he's from, like, he's, like, 50 feet behind her, and everywhere she walks, he's walking behind her. And he yeah. follows her all the way to her house. Yeah. Kind of weird. Um, I feel uh, like that's a normal thing. Uh, if you're if you're maybe attracted to a person, I think that's a normal thing you can do. I think that follow them home, make sure they know you like them. Uh, Is that women, how you women are, Amanda? Uh, no, uh, newsflash here. This is actually a scoop off a of Reddit thread as well. She actually followed me home. But up, but up, but. Anyway, there you go. End of story. Okay. Um, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Back to you in the studio, Phil. <laughs> Thank you. Um, and uh, mom, like, kind of knows that something's going on because he gets home really late after stalking <laughs> Star Girl all the way home, and then um, uh-huh. kind of teases him about falling in love. Uh, the principal announces the uh, speech competition in the first football game as some kind of like a uh, pep rally type thing. Uh, then we go to the first football game. This is kind of the first big scene in the movie. At the football game, uh, the, ga- the the football team is terrible, Jack. They are absolutely awful. They're like not even scoring. Well, probably they're running the wrong. They're running the wrong offense. They're trying to run the yeah. spread. They don't have any talent. Why are we running the spread if we don't have any talent? No wonder the mud frogs suck. Yeah, exactly. Um, after uh, the, it's run the ball, I- Phil. Run the ball. Dang it, Phil. Run, run the ball. Run the ball. Run the ball. Put Rudy in. <laughs> Go ahead. 
Back to you so, in the studio, Phil. <laughs> so it's it's halftime. After the band plays an awful number, as Jack um, was telling <laughs> telling us earlier, I think before we hit record, uh, their band's terrible. Yeah. Uh, Stargirl sings uh, "Be True to Your School," which actually gets played twice. Um, yep. Caitlin, did you like that song? Yeah, I thought it was a good song. Yeah, I think it's pretty good. It's a, it's got to be an original, I'm assuming. Oh, yeah. No, that's I a Beach Boys it. song. Oh, is it really? Yeah, it's a Beach Boys song, guys. Come oh, on. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, my gosh. Are, are, okay, so I, that was making me think. Look it up. That's making me think that all the all the songs in the movie are covers. I thought they, yeah, I thought Google that was it. original. Beach Boys School is a Beach Boys song. Oh, I had no idea. Okay. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> all right. Oh, my Google, use Google. I still don't believe it. This okay. segment right. brought to you by Google. Okay, I, I really didn't know that. Um, I didn't need Okay, cool. Hey, I, I knew it. Good job, Jack. Josh, guys. Well, it was a good cover. I like. I liked, it was uh, a good cover. See, um, I did find it a little hard to believe that like, she's in the middle of the field with literally just her voice and a ukulele and everyone on in the entire stadium can hear her, um, but whatever. Um, yeah, that was kind of unrealistic. <laughs> Caitlin, Caitlin, you uh, teach young children how to sing all the time. Do you teach uh, maybe a projection method where they project their voices, um, that they could maybe project it from the middle of a football field, you know, almost 75 feet then into the crowd and be very loud and audible? Is that possible? No. Oh, okay. So you're saying this is inaccurate? Yes. But there weren't really that many people there at the game. Now, that is true. Poorly attended. Yeah, they're so terrible, there's only like 13 people in the audience. uh, Very sad. Um, She she gets everyone pumped up, man. Like right after that song, everyone's like, let's do it. Let's go fight win. And the Mud Frogs immediately score a touchdown. They still lose the game, but they did – I mean, admittedly better than they ever had before. Um, then uh, we go to Archie's Dinotastic Camp. I think that's the name of it. It's something like that. Um, it's basically like a dinosaur excavation site. This is where uh, Giancarlo Esposito's character is, uh, Archie. Absolutely. And he's kind of, uh, throughout the movie, kind of acts like a um, like an oracle for Leo, like kind of giving him advice and um, uh like he kind of moves a plot forward <laughs> in certain spots of the movie, but he's Obi- um, he's Obi Wan. Yeah, yeah. And uh, he so Leo's like asking about her. He's like, "Who's the star girl?" Like, I'm never, you know, she must be new to town. He's like, "No, she's not new to town. She's been homeschooled all of her life. She used to come here for camps." He's like, "Why? Why have I never seen her?" It's like, "Well, she was on the homeschool schedule, you know." Um, but uh, and then he says that he he admits he kind of likes her because quote she's different. Um, then they go to, we go to, oh, Leo goes to her house and asks her to be on the hot seat and she actually turns him down. She says, no, I won't do it. The thing is though, when he's at her house, he, he like hides and lays on the ground. Oh, it was awkward. Totally normal. Yeah. It was a super weird scene. As he's stealing one of her rocks. Yeah. Then he stole a rock. That's right. He took a rock out of her garden. Yep. I, I am frustrated right now. This is normal behavior, friends. It's okay, for, it's okay for Leo to do this. This is the new 2020. 
I thought you twenty twenty. I thought you meant Dateline. I thought you meant Dateline NBC when you said that. <laughs> More like nineteen twenty. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't think they did that back then either. So. <laughs> um, uh, he gets introduced to Cinnamon, uh, her pet rat, and he apparently hates rats. And then they literally never do anything with Cinnamon ever again after that scene. Um, uh, Stargirl performs at the next football game's halftime show. She sings and plays along with the cheerleaders this time. So it's kind of like an actual like coordinated um, choreographed type thing. We got the beat. Yeah. Another original. Which is, uh, well, not, again, okay. no, that I is a cover one. as well. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, that's a cover? Yeah, people are going to listen to this and be like, man, this is the worst, most inaccurate podcast ever. <laughs> okay, we know this This song is from the Go-Go's. Uh, it, was a, it was a cover, but uh, yeah. Um, I, I really liked this number. Like, I, I thought it was really well choreographed. Um, uh, the dancing, like, even like, um, uh, what, what's her name, Vanderwall's first name? Grace. Grace. Okay. Susan. She's Susan. Like, well, we'll get to that. <laughs> Um, I thought Grace, like, <laughs> um, like her ability to sing and dance um, at the same time and, like, just kind of move around. They, they almost kind of did, like, marching band-style movements, like body movements and stuff like that, um, you know, moving the whole team around in, in different formations and shapes. And I thought it was really well done. I, I don't know how many takes they had to, to do to, to get that right, but it, it looked really good. Mm-hmm. Um, Mudfrogs win. They, she's pumped up the crowd and the team so much that uh, they actually win their first game for how many years? They've never won. Um, yeah. And we get the feeling that Stargirl is becoming this catalyst for the school, like uh, maybe even the whole town, that, that this one person, this girl, uh, this new girl, whatever, is literally changing everything at the high school. Yes. Um, then uh, the romance kicks in pretty kind of ramps up pretty pretty high in the high gear here they go for a walk together uh they bond over both of them only having a mom in the picture at home they're already hitting it off and then there's this screaming scene which um leo doesn't actually do any screaming but like she's telling him to and she says um scream leo don't you want the universe to hear you and leo says i don't have anything to say and i I think that kind of enunciates like the two characters um their differences at this point um they wait until dark and then basically go into this like zen state. How would you guys describe what she's leading him to do in the scene? I, it was a little weird. I, if you haven't seen the movie, you need to know that Stargirl is basically a hippie. Like she, she basically, she's like flowers and uh, peace and stuff like that. Like she's, she's, uh, she's basically promoting him, them to meditate a little bit. I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, it is what it is. I do want to call a ripoff report. It's a new segment on the show we like to call ripoff report. Uh, when they're screaming into the abyss of the uh, Arizona uh, landscape, this screaming is a direct ripoff of the movie Garden State, where uh, Zach Braff's oh. character and, um, oh, what's uh, Amadala? Or, no, no, yeah, Padme. Portman. Natalie Portman, my wife's screaming from the other room. Natalie Portman, they all scream at the uh, abyss of this. I think it's a dump. I'm not sure what I'm looking. Anyway, I've got said sloth. What was that? Um, but with that said, uh, that is your uh, ripoff report. 
brought to you by Google, google.com for all your facts. Go to Google. Back to you, Phil. Back to you in the studio, Phil. Mm. Um, <coughs> I know you hate kind of, this. I, I know you hate this format, Phil, of just take over and then pitching you back to the studio, but back to the studio. <laughs> um, yeah, they kind of, she kind of is like focused on nothing. Um, I don't know. It was, it was kind of, I, I thought this was kind of a, a weird scene. Like, um, I understand it's to outline some of their differences and like try to get her him to open her eye, his eyes to more of like her perspective and worldview on things. But I thought it was a little, a little weird. Like she was. Um, I don't know. I, I would have been really put off by it if I was Leo in that scene. But um, like they just kind of close their eyes and kind of just like breathe deep. And anyway kind of some weird spiritual stuff there but well um, it's disney yeah um then uh we did we go to the speech competition which is actually at the high school like the um it's in front of all of her, all of their peers and star girl surprisingly wins kevin was uh you know been the only one that's won every year and then he doesn't win this year star girl wins um she's gonna go to tucson to compete and um, Leo has a couple of cool lines. He says, uh, she keeps winning and she's not even trying. We've won four football games this year. And then he says, is she magic? Question mark. Um, to, I think, uh, Archie. I think maybe he's talking about her to Archie at this point. Um, we'll talk about that more later. I, I, I'm actually interested to get your guys' thoughts on that. Like, is, is there any magical quality um, to her? I, the movie, I think expects some of their viewers to go that route, that route. But anyway, I, I want to talk about that later. Um, uh, Leo confronts uh, Stargirl and um, says like, I think you maybe sent me the ties on my birthday every year. Um, but uh, I thought it was my mom, but I now I know that it was you, but she denies it. Um, they go to her house, hit it off some more. She kisses him in the front yard, which I thought was a really great scene. Um, it was a real sweet moment. It was I a real it. sweet. Yeah, I loved it. Caitlin, go ahead and talk a little bit about it so two 40-year-old males aren't saying, oh, it's real sweet. Go. Say something. What do you want me to say? It was sweet. Anything to help us out here. Go ahead. Yeah, we're not checking our and talking about romance. What did you think about Leo's reaction after the kiss? I I thought that was the the sweet part of the scene. It was really cute. You could tell he was really happy and he kind of, it kind of caught him off guard, but he really liked it and was happy. Yeah. Cool. So, so you guys are. To the song. What's that? Track you started listening four. to the song too. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Track number four. From Big Star. It's Big Star. Uh, is that song 13 by Big Star? Yeah. Which I, I mean, obviously I knew this was an actual song and not yeah, this is not she did not write this song <laughs> we saw the the lp um the vinyl record and everything like that but um yeah i i was not familiar with big star had, had you ever heard of that band jack yeah this is like one of their main like one of their only songs so like okay. they, they were around for a while and they broke up they were they were together in the 70s they broke up and then they did what a lot of those bands do they start hitting the state fairs and the county fairs and a casino where they get to open up for REO Speedwagon. It's a great life to be a big star. Yeah. Yeah, I guess, um, uh, I'm, like, I mean, people that grew up in the 70s, like, as a teenager or, or later in life, like, I think a lot of people actually know who Big Star is. Um, 
but I, that was one that I wasn't familiar with. I, I, I yeah. don't think I'd ever heard of that band. It's not a band that gets a lot of play. It's not like not like they're, you know, like I said, REO Speedwagon or like a Creedence Clearwater, Clearwater Revival from that same kind of era. But anyway, yeah. Creedence kind of, kind of toward the end of the run, I, I should say. So anyway, so yeah, that, star. The the basis of this song is kind of like it, it almost becomes like their song, like their their relationship song or whatever. Right. Um, and there's also some discussion about um, the um, oh gosh, what's the song that they play at the very end? Um, cars. No, just no. what I needed. Yeah, yeah, just what I needed. Which um, is again from the band The Cars, not uh, Vanderwall. She did not write this song. Right. Yeah. Gosh, um, that changes my whole view of this movie. Yeah, like, oh yeah, it's original. Be true to your school. Wait, what? I, I never heard that song before. <laughs> yeah, good, good vibration. Yeah, it's an original. Wait, what? <laughs> I know. Sure. Fun, fun, fun. They wrote it. <laughs> Sorry, I'm done. Um, now. And scene. Uh, let's skip up to the championship game. So at this point, like they've won so many games, they actually get to even enter a championship game. Unreal. This is a major. This is a major, major scene in the movie. Probably, probably the um, one of the the biggest crux points of the movie, as far as like where everything changes. So um, they uh, do true to your school again um, with mm-hmm. like the whole band, um, cheerleaders, everybody plays at this time. And Chance the rap, Chance the rapper comes out for the <laughs> remix edition of it's unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. Um, the band's actually good now. Like, they actually perform really well. Um, the cheerleaders, everything's on point. Um, the the team is, the football team is doing really good. And then there's a crucial injury at the end of the game. Um, the quarter, the opposing quarterback that um, of the team that they're playing against gets goes down, and he's not getting back up. And everyone is just kind of doing what you do in a football game, which is, like, just, you know, stand up and just kind of wait it out. Um, the medic comes out onto the field and takes a look and then, you know, if they have to um, cart them off the field, they can or whatever. But um, she feels bad that nobody's doing anything other than like just a couple of people on the field. And so she actually runs out to, uh, again, this is not her teammate. This is not her from a guy from her school. She doesn't know contact. this person. Yeah. She doesn't know this person. Yeah, she's, she's literally never even met him. Um, and she goes over to like, you know, basically talk to him, comfort him, and then helps him get off the field. And it leaves in the ambulance with him. And they leave and they I, go off. From a school standpoint, this would never happen. There is no, <laughs> there is no administrator from her school that would sign off on her leaving. Yeah. Um, the other thing, Grant, did you notice who was playing that player that was down for the other team? Mm, no. The quarterback? It was the quarterback NFL, the NFL Panthers, Cam Newton. Did you know? See that cameo? Unbelievable. Back to you, Phil. <laughs> oh my gosh. I mean, Cam Newton is looking for a job right now, so that makes Cam sense. Newton's like, but Cam Newton's like thirty-two years old, so I don't think he was why he would be in it. It was funny. I just thought I'd bring you in the conversation. They de-aged him for this role. That would be hilarious. <laughs> he did, he uh, throws a freaking spiral. <laughs> my gosh. He's so much bigger than all these other child actors. Yeah. We've got to make him look shorter. He's 6'5", 240. <laughs> funny from uh, just being a coach for football from that is earlier uh, the Mud Frogs throw a touchdown, and it's like a horrible pass. 
But the announcer's like, what a pass. That was <laughs> yeah. great pass. And yeah. Hollywood, Hollywood, all. yeah. Hollywood's never been real good at making things look uh, too realistic. So <laughs> that is what it is. So. Um, and, then, and then what happens, Grant and Caitlin, after this? The, the, the game, um, the crowd. He's waiting at her house. Yeah, but, and yeah. So first off, they lose the game. They, they like yeah. and, Which every, and that's everyone what, pretty much assumes that's what's going to happen. Is, yeah, because it doesn't really the show game. the rest of the game. They just she leaves, and then you see Leo waiting at her house, and then she gets home, and Leo's just like, "Well, we lost." In case my question is, my question is, how do they lose? The quarterback, the all-state quarterback from the other team, right. their best player is gone. <laughs> I mean. Yikes, this is when you absolutely crush them now. We should have won. Yeah. Yeah. Blame the coach. Blame the coach. Back to you, Phil. Yeah, so then – and then she's just like, well, he's going to be okay in case you were wondering. And then she just kind of, like, walks off. And, and then Leo's, like, explaining to her how, like, everybody's really mad because she left and they ended up losing. And, you know, she's just kind of like – you know, doesn't really understand why they're all mad. And yeah, that's a good point. I, I, that's one, some, something I hadn't really thought too much about, but yeah, she is kind of oblivious to the, to the whole, the importance that the school puts on her. Like um, at one point, Leo says, you're the school's good luck charm. Um, and it, like, it's pretty clear that he's not the only one that thinks that like the entire school thinks yeah. that they're winning because of her which is crazy that's why when she left then they're all like well you're the reason why we lost you know yeah unbelievable so obviously the school is very i mean this is like their one chance to, to win a championship game and so the school's um the whole school everyone in school is really mad at her and, sh- and shutting her basically at this point um uh he like caitlin said he goes to her and uh, she's sad because she's, you know, not understanding why this is such a big deal. Like what, you know, obviously I, w- I just wanted to take care of this guy. Um, he cheers her up by singing the song that she gave him to listen to, which is that 13 song by Big Star. Um, and then they kind of make up. Um, but they sing a song together, don't they? They sing together. Is that the song? They sing that yeah. song together, right? Yeah. Yeah. In her, in her room. Yeah. She joins in. Gotcha. Um, and then she decides to be on the show. Yep, she says, "I'll come on a hot seat and basically do an interview of why why I did it. Why did I do this, um, this event at the football game?" Um, then it cuts to that interview. Um, the we learned during the interview, which is kind of a weird place for Leo to learn all this, that her birth name was actually Susan. Um, that's, that, that's not how she was born, Star Girl, um, and. Um, when asked about why she did this at the, at the football game, she says he was hurt and he was alone. Um, and that's why she betrayed, quote unquote, betrayed the school, which is how he's like, you know, doing this in the hot seat. Betrayed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, dude, the, the, the way that they phrase everything on hot seat is so, it's so funny to me. I, I, I was laughing throughout all that. Um, and then there's this really crucial scene where there's a, uh, you guys have to explain this to me because I, I think I understand what was going on with the bike, but I don't know. Maybe Grant and Caitlin can help us out. But like, there's a girl stands up in the middle of the show, and Kevin's like, "No, hey, we're not ready for questions and answers," but she just takes over, and she is 
upset with her with Stargirl about this bike situation. So can you guys kind of explain what went on there and so earlier in the movie, um, it shows her getting a bike from the thrift store and she like fixes it all up and then her and Leo it's kind of, it's the scene where she, he's like asking her about the ties. They deliver it to the kid's house and he had somehow gotten hurt or had to have surgery, gotten in some kind of accident. He was hurt. And so she thought that they had kind of given away the bike because they couldn't afford it anymore. They needed money was kind of her idea. But then I guess the sister stands up in the, in the hot seat show and explains that the reason why they gave the bike away was because he wasn't going to be able to ride it anymore because of the accident. Mm -hmm. And so basically saying that you ruined everything because when we got back home, the bike was there and my brother is never going to be able to ride that bike again. And basically she was trying to do something nice, but she didn't know all the facts. facts. And that's what that girl was saying. She's like, you don't even really know what's going on. You don't even know, you know, about my brother and everything. So it kind of made I think in the book, uh, that person, what's that girl's name? I don't remember. I, I don't even know. She, um, she plays, and not the villain, but she plays like an adversarial kind of role. And there's a bigger flap up at the end of the book than, than, than what happens at the end of this movie with that character. Mm-hmm. And it's yeah. one of the main reasons. And that's actually one of the main reasons that like Stargirl, well, I don't want to say what happens at the end. Because there may be people listening and they don't want to hear it yet. So, yeah. Um, Back to you, Phil. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, like it's it basically is what ends the interview. Like, um, I think she ends up running off at that point, maybe in the middle of the interview. Um, yeah. But yeah, um, yeah, and, and there's a parallel, I, I think, between these two events. Like, you know, kind of the main, the main thing is that she she doesn't think about the repercussions of what she's doing like she she just, just she has to be because, nice yeah and, and she's she's definitely like this hippie wildflower like like just do what seems right in the moment and not really thinking through like the whole situation um right. very child childlike i guess in that way yeah um and so but there she's obviously making people mad because of that um, well she made that girl mad and they're already all mad at her because because they feel like she turned on them at the football game whenever she went over to make sure Cam Newton was okay. But overall, you know, that's why. And now they're – but I felt like at this point, they all start to normalize and come to a realization, okay, we're being really hard on this person, except for the girl with the brother with the bike. She's the only one that's still holding a grudge by, by, you know, uh, over three quarters of the way through the movie, or actually past that, honestly. So, mm-hmm. yeah, anyway. I guess we should kind of point out at this point um, that there's not really like a villain in this movie. Like, I, th- I think the girl with the bike is probably the closest thing we have to an yeah. actual conflict and in the it's movie. It's like an, adversar- an adversarial situation. Yeah, that it is. I like. I read a, a couple of reviews. Uh, like, I, I wanted to find one really super negative review and then one super positive one. And the super negative one was was talking about how there's no stakes in the movie, like that there's not um, a, a main conflict that the the characters have to overcome or anything like that. And I I think I would mostly agree with that, except for this one scene. I think I think this scene is to give you some conflict of like, okay, it's not all roses. Is you know, it's not like she skates through this movie. Like there are people that legitimately hate her um, for for who she is. So um, I think they needed that to. Put even even just a little bit of conflict into the movie, um, 
then we have this crucial scene with Leo between Leo and Sargo where he's he basically raises his voice to her and says, "Why can't you just be like everybody else?" And that's kind of the last straw straw for her. Um, in by the way, in the book, like I, I thought this was a little abrupt, like this um, comment from Leo. Like I can see that comment maybe coming from Kevin or or maybe some of the other characters, but um, in the book, he says this because people start to shun him because of his association with Stargirl. And so um, he, that comes from a place of anger because of his own personal experiences, like, like his friends and people that he doesn't even know are, are beginning to shun him. Like the way, the, the way that they did when he first moved to Micah when he was eight. And so this, um, this scene makes more sense. I think in the book, in the movie, I thought it was a little abrupt because it's like, well, Hey, this is everything you like about Stargirl is that she's different. Yeah. And so now telling her to be like everybody else. Yeah. That that was when he first said that, I was just like, what? Like where where did this come from? <laughs> you know? And I think it's it's supposed to be played off in the movie as like save yourself. Um, but I don't think it's particularly strong. Like that's um I don't think it's bad acting, I think it's bad writing in that scene. <laughs> right. Um, and that 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 theme they didn't really drive it home enough. And I'm sure in the book, and it, aren't there other, there are other books in this series, right? There's yes. one other, there's a sequel. Okay. So uh, they, they drive it home a little bit better there, but also I feel like Disney wanted to play it as antiseptic almost like, like not, we're not going to really ruffle feathers. We're not really going to push anything too cray cray. And so then this is what you kind of get. You get this like full house ending with Bob Saget reading or, you know, telling, you know, uh, Michelle that Comet is just sick. We may have to put Comet down. Who knows? So. And then enter Susan. <laughs> Hi, I'm Susan. Yeah. She makes this huge turn at this point. Um, she like goes regular. Hair. She shows she can be regular. She she's wearing normal clothes, quote unquote, um, normal hair. I mean, I thought her hair was fine before, but she like straightens her hair. Um, she's not, you know, holding a ukulele around the high school anymore. Like she's she just yes. she gets a phone. She yes. gets a cell phone. Okay, and, I phone. Part. and okay. Uh, I'm bringing a second trip to our new segment, Rip Off Report. Uh, okay. This is a ripped off report. Uh, from drum roll, please. Hot Rod, the movie Hot Rod. Uh, Rod uh, loses his identity as a um, person that jumps over things uh, because he finds out his real dad didn't know, uh, didn't actually work for Evil Knievel, and so then he changes his persona uh, toward the end of the movie, only to then get it back and jump over sixteen buses. Back Wait. to you, Phil. So uh, yeah, I blew your mind. <laughs> People listening to the podcast are just like, did my phone just stop working? Um, oh, did I cut out? No, I, no. I mean we, I heard you. I just I had no words after that. Um, You're in your crystal clear here, Phil. We're here. You hear your crystal clear here in Davenport, so, Iowa. Uh, let's see. Uh, I guess they they kind of make up at this point. Leo asks her to go to the winter ball. She says yes. Uh, then let's go. Speech competition. Yeah. So let's go to that. So, so let, let's go to Tucson. So um, she is going to give a speech about um, internet <laughs> privacy or something like that. 
Yeah, good lord. Her character, <laughs> her character went from free, free will, free will, free thinking, yeah. peace, love, uh, you know, flowers, to let's talk about privacy on the internet, Wazikowski. <laughs> uh. Um, and so yeah, then she gives this like impromptu. She she starts at. I mean, this, we've seen this a million times in movies, but she starts giving that speech and then goes just like, "I can't do this." Yeah, so record she, scratch. She, <laughs> yeah, yeah, record scratch, and here we go. And I wrote down a few of these quotes because I I thought it was a really good speech. Um, she says she's talking about this instant culture that we all live in. Um, how like everything's microwave and you know have it right now. And she talks about how quote real things take time. And she says, uh, it's easy to get confused when we're moving so fast and to think that we're doing the right thing when, we're, when really we're not. Um, she says, part of what makes a flower beautiful is how long it, it took to grow. And um, it's just basically talking about like the slow down and like, you know, um, you know, smell the flowers type of thing as, as we're going through this life um, to not have just jump from like, you know, Instagram to Facebook to text message to you know, um, television channel to, you know, YouTube or, or, you know, like we're just constantly moving all the time, like to slow down. I, I thought that was like a really cool little, um, message within a movie, like message within a message type thing. Um, this really cool speech, she nails it, she gets the trophy and, um, they <laughs> bring it back. Trophy their school has ever gotten by the way. Yeah. It's literally their first trophy. It, it goes into, a, like a dusty trophy case and um it's like the bell rings in between classes the entire is that like everyone would know that there's a trophy in there because it's literally empty every time they walk by it the entire student body exits their classroom everyone walks by the trophy case and nobody stops to look at it yeah um i thought that was a really powerful scene like it shows you how much they have completely divorced their their interactions, their their mindset from Stargirl. Like at that point, she could win the literally the first trophy the town's ever had, and they just don't care. Like they're they're just ready to pretend that she doesn't exist anymore. So, um, she says uh, to Leo, "I can't be Susan anymore. That's not who I am." Um, she won the trophy as Stargirl, and that's that's who she's going to be from this point on. And she also says, "I'm not going to the dance with you um, because you can't go with a girl that doesn't exist." Um, then I had a question about this next scene. So flash, there's a flashback that reveals that Kevin was the one that picked Leo up after his dad's por porcupine tie was cut. Like we saw that scene, but we didn't see what happened right after it, which is Kevin like helps him up, helps picks him up. And Kevin has this line, maybe that's all she was doing. Stargirl was doing helping somebody get back up. And At I'm assuming... Yeah, she's yeah. talking to, he, obviously he's clearly talking about the quarterback, but I'm assuming he's also trying to relate it to Leo. So I don't know if you guys have the same, the same reaction to that line, but like, I was thinking like that he, what he was trying to tell her was that Stargirl is helping him back up, like helping Leo back up. You guys yeah, I mean, I, I think that he needed a pick me up in his life because he had kind of, I mean, he kind of not cratered out, but kind of, it was ho-hum, ho-drum whatever uh and this made it you know this brought some people around it was a added bonus star girl comes into our lives does works her magic and then leaves we all have a star girl somewhere in our I mean, lives she kind of picked the whole town up in a way yeah. like the whole, yeah. the 
like she changed the whole. A lot like another Disney property. Uh, and uh, there's a Lightning McQueen, and he comes to Radiator Springs and picks the whole town up. Uh, we watched um, Cars, the movie that you're referring to. Um, also available on Disney Plus pod, Disney Plus reviews. Yeah, we watched Wait. that. We watched that last night. That movie's still really good, by the way. That picks up a bunch of rejects when he decides to <laughs> get over and the mighty yeah, does. There's like or, 30 of the Disney movies. That or a camp. Or, or a camp with kids that are maybe a little on the bigger side. Um, Heavyweight. And, and Ben Stiller is there to yell at them. Hey, that, also available on Disney+. Plus. Mm. Okay. Anyway. Or possibly, um, or possibly a baseball team that maybe needs a little bit of spiritual inter- intervention. Possibly. <laughs> Uh, maybe some angels show up, not on the infield, but mainly in the outfield. Also available on Disney Plus. Or a ten-year-old kid who gets a surgically bionic arm and helps a team that hadn't won for years to become Dude, a baseball team. I love the rookie. Or, or a bald professor that is confined to a hover wheelchair. End. Help that us. Is it, that is in charge. Of an entire school of misfits that then turn and change the world with Cyclops as their field leader and an angry, surly Wolverine as their uh, enforcer. That's right, X Men, available on Disney Plus coming soon. Speaking I'm of done. cars, Stargirl ships into the cars album. <laughs> and a record like player. Yeah, and a record player to play it. Yeah. I didn't have one. Can and, someone um, name the lead singer of? The lead singer and the writer of this song. This is the lead singer of Cars and the writer of this song. Don't know. His name is Rick Okasic. What would Rick. we do about you, Jack? R-I-C, Rick. Continue, Phil. Go ahead. Um, and there's a note in there that says that there's going to be a surprise for him at the dance if, if, um, if he still ends up going to it. Um, I felt stupid for not calling like what the surprise was going to be. I, I don't know if you guys predicted it or not, whatever, but um, you know, obviously it has something to do with this, this song, but um, we find out later what that is. Um, then there's a, this really brief scene. One of the few scenes in the movie between Leo and his mom um, exists right here. And she talks to him about his dad. And I thought it was actually really good. Um, she says, your dad was the only one who was always completely himself, is what she says. And then she delivers this line, which I think is really the, the theme for the whole movie. She says, uh, figuring out who we are is the only thing other people can't do for us. Um, and really, obviously, she's talking about Stargirl, but she's also talking about her husband, her late husband, um, and how she's really encouraging Leo to kind of be himself as well. Um, then uh, the big dance scene, every... Every uh, high school Disney movie has to have a, da- a dance in it. And they, <laughs> they, um, they meet. Uh, Stargirl shows up uh, for really for like one song. And uh, she says, are you ready for your surprise? And then it's like, it's an actual like, um, like a, uh, what's the Back to the Future, like um, uh, Under the Sea dance or whatever. Like they have a live band on stage. And yeah, which so, is awesome, by the way. Yeah, I was like, I was like, man, I, I, that would have been pretty cool um, to go yep. to dance like that. But now we had um, that when I was in high school. We had that at prom. Oh, really? And and at our homecoming dance. And guess who? Whose band played at it, guys? Jack Jack's Hawthorne. band. Jack's band played at the dances. 
You played the whole dance? At, well, we played like a, an hour set. Kids loved it. Cool. One time, one time. Did you we play just what I needed? No, but we played, um, we actually, what did we play? We may have played that one. We did play a car song. Anyway, but one time we were there and we were getting ready to play and this kid with an orange vest showed up, really weird, seemed like he was from the future and he grabbed a guitar and played uh, a crazy song that literally came out like eight to nine years later after that and he was gone in a second. He said, we, we, maybe you guys don't get it, but your kids are going to love this. It's really weird. That song, uh, Tub Thumping by Chumbawamba. <laughs> I get knocked down, but I get up again. So that anyway, was, but we really, that we really did me. play. I'm getting ready to get in my time machine and actually go back what? to it. <laughs> we really did the time loop, uh, but we really did play dances. And it was awesome. Like, cool. It was cool having a band at dances. So. Yeah. Um, the lead singer of the band says, we have a guest singer for this next song. It's Leo Borlock. And obviously Leo didn't see this coming at all. Um, he has to go up on, on stage and it's like the world's longest intro to a song. <laughs> they play, they play like the opening riff for like 14 <laughs> times <laughs> before he comes in. Um, he finally ends up conceding. He sings, everyone dances. There's this big, like kind of montage, not quite montage scene it's all in real time but like they they all during the song they all go outside um it starts snowing out there it's the winter, winter formal so i guess it makes sense um uh, did star girl make it snow like she made it rain early because uh, uh, yeah, it is arizona it doesn't really snow it's true um there's an awkward moment between star girl and that girl the one that confronted her about the bike uh star girl apologize what's that Hillary is her name. Hillary, okay. Uh, Star Girl apologizes to her and then and then runs off. She, she's done with the dance at that point. And then, <laughs> I think this is kind of a weird ending for the movie. Um, I I kind of dig it. Like I, I kind of like it, but I did not see this coming at all. Literally, the next scene that happens in the movie is she has moved. Like they have like a for sale sign in their front yard, right after the dance. Um, what, well, what, what, Grant, Grant literally predicted that this was going to happen when we were watching. Oh, it. really? I, yeah, I didn't see it coming at all. Grant, tell tell us why. I mean, I'm assuming you liked the ending since you predicted that it was going to happen this way. What? What? Why did you see this coming, and why did you? Mm, just basically, why, why was because um, kind of like in all stories where, or not all stories, but in some movies where they feel like they have left this place in better shape than when they got there and their time to move on. Huh. And so Stargirl figured her job was done here and it was time for her to move on somewhere else and work her magic somewhere else. Yeah, in the in the book, she moves to Philadelphia um, or a small town outside of Philadelphia. I think it's probably also a, a fake town, but... Um, so she meet up with the Fresh Prince. Yeah, is it West? That's is it West Philadelphia? <laughs> <laughs> oh. um, uh, and then there's a bunch of um, narration uh, from Leo at this point. Um, he's saying she inspired people to be themselves, no matter what the outcome uh, or what people would think. And then he says, "Was it real? Like, was she really real?" And there's like all these. Um, 
I love this part because this is so high school. Um, but like all these urban legends start popping up about her, like um, that she could fly or that she had like magical powers and things like that. Um, at, at one point he's talking with Archie and Archie says, he's talking about dinosaurs and he's like, you know, a lot of people think have trouble believing that dinosaurs are real because they seem like these mythical, magical creatures, these huge things, you know, how could these things possibly have walked the earth? But we know that they're real because they're, they're bones, they're fossils that we found. Um, and, and that Stargirl is kind of like that too. Like we have the, the evidence that she was here amongst us, even though it doesn't feel real to anybody. Um, and then he's, he delivers this line. He says, you think things have to be real or magic, but the best things are both. Uh, which is, mm. I thought was a good line. And then he gets to see her office. Yes. Which he expected her room, her bedroom to be like this earlier in the movie. And it's just like a normal every everyday high school girl's bedroom. Um, but yeah, her office, I guess, is at the, at the camp, which is a, li- a little weird. But um, there's glitter, ribbons, magic tricks, um, a whole bunch of information about her. And he just kind of relishes in that. Um, like- it's articles and then like pictures and like their stories and stuff yeah it it turns out she's been doing this her entire life and like um it's revealed that she did send him all those ties like she was the one that was sending him a tie every year um and uh and then leo says uh who would take the time for someone they didn't know um and he's he's kind of thinking about her um what's that a stalker would yeah, exactly. As someone who someone who puts together what looks like a forensic crime uh, like research situation. She's got pictures of random people. Uh, she's got all this information tacked to this wall. Like yeah. I've seen a lot of crime shows that are a lot like this. Yeah. Or 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 she's like a, a murderer because murderers do that kind of thing too, where they like uh, focus in on like one person and they're like it's crazy. Anyway. Uh, this episode of the Blacklist. <laughs> Star girl. Just, missing, just missing some red yarn uh, connecting pins. Um, Jeez. Uh, so yeah, he's basically, um, you know, was she a ghost? Was she an alien? Was she even real? Um, you know, was she a girl just like anyone else? Or was there something unique about her? So um, super weird ending. I, I thought that um, I, I liked it. I, I thought it was, like you expect that this movie is going to end with end up with them together, like you know that the two of them versus the world type of thing, and it just doesn't end up that way at all. I'm like, it's not yeah. interested in telling that kind of story. Or so. the ending to or the ending to Footloose, where they all end up at the high school dance dancing to everybody cut, everybody cut, everybody cut, everybody. <laughs> Glitter's falling from the ceiling. They're dancing couldn't, around. Couldn't pop that mic out again, Jack. Kevin Bacon. Kevin Bacon is there. They're all dancing around. Glitter's falling from the ceiling. <laughs> and then they end on a freeze frame on Stargirl's face. Yeah. Or Leo's awkward look on his face like he just ate some peanut butter. Um, so that's, that's kind of the whole movie. Um, what did you guys think about how it was shot? Like the cinematography? The, um, oh, I thought it was well angles. done. I, I think that the, the fact that um, you're looking at um, like you said, maybe a lower budget type situation. That's why they didn't put it in theaters and they could just put it straight to Disney Plus. Um, I thought I don't think uh, this movie would, would have done very well in theaters, to be honest. I, I, I think it would have had an audience, but yeah, but it wouldn't not, have. this time. 
Probably not now, especially since there are many oh, yeah. people. Well, no, but let's in regular times someday <laughs> if we ever if we ever get back to that when we have regular movies in theaters. Weird, um, but um, I think it would be a January release in the theaters. It'd be a January release or a gosh, it's like a weird like. I don't know. October sometimes is a bad month for movies too, but you know. <laughs> but I, I know it's pretty good. I mean, it's fine. I think I've got a theory. There's a theory behind this movie that I wanted to share with you guys. Yeah. Uh, I think this is a part of the. This may be part of the M Night Shyamalan uh, universe. And is there a chance that he or she was actually dead this whole time? Is Stargirl actually a ghost? Uh, you know, a lot of people online are talking about this now. Uh, and they're basically saying, I mean, you know, no one ever directly, talk, directly talks to her other than this kid. Hmm. I'm waiting that's for a response. <laughs> okay, just checking. Just wanted uh, to see if anyone's paying attention. Yeah, that's patently false. Yeah. Um, okay, how about this? Is... Leo actually also Stargirl, kind of like a uh, Tyler Durden situation from, <laughs> from um, uh, Fight Club, where he's two people in this movie. Thoughts? No. You're saying that Leo is Stargirl. And Stargirl is Leo. <laughs> I think that's accurate. I'm not I, saying I'm in some... I'm joke. not saying anything uh, like a dress-up situation. I'm just saying is there a maybe a situation where they are the same? No. Think about it. Because does anybody ever see them both together? <laughs> I guess they're talking about her. I guess they are talking about her later, later in the movie about how she, you know, was she real? Was she not real? And the other kids are talking about her in that way too. So maybe that's not the case. Okay. Third theory. Was this a dream in Leo's mind? Was All it right. Inception? Was it Inception? <laughs> Did the top fall over at the end? All right. Anyway, there you go, guys. That's my thoughts. That's all I got for you. All right. Back to Thank you in you. the studio, Phil. Um, Grant, Caitlin, any, any theories, any thoughts on this movie? Well... Um, going off like the magic part, yeah. Uh, I think there is some magic in there, but I also think she just brought like a new perspective to the town and she gave them hope and good times where a lot of the town had never experienced that. And yeah, yeah, kind of yeah, um, I don't know. I, for me, it's like I have tr trouble believing that there's no magic involved. Like, I, I the, the story seems a little too far fetched. You know, like to think that, like, literally, just her presence at the football games is what's what's making them win when they're out in the in that canyon or whatever, and it just starts raining because she wants it to rain, or it starts snowing because she wants it to snow. Like, I don't know. I I think. I wouldn't have trouble at all if someone said, believed that like there was like legit real magic happening in the movie. Um, Cause otherwise like it, there's a lot of stuff that just doesn't make sense in the movie without that. Um, 
I don't know. I, I think it leaves it open-ended where you can go either way with it, but I, I kind of lean more on the side of like, yeah, she, her presence was doing something supernatural, you know? Um, I don't know. It's interesting. But and now and, we're all going to read the sequel together. No, we're not. <laughs> we could. We have time. Um, I think I think what's I think what's fascinating about her character in this movie. I think the the thing that I had the most fun with was watching mostly Leo, but sometimes the other characters too. Like pure um, fascination, um, like awe of her. Like everyone everyone like she walks through the room and every head turns like and not because she's like particularly like you know gorgeous or or like anything natural there's like there's something supernaturally different about her and everyone knows it like there's something unique about this girl and um like i don't know i i just i love watching their faces as as she speaks to them or sings like they are like the literally the world stops and everyone is watching her um, whenever she's doing something on screen. So um, I, I, I found that to be some of the, mo- the most fun parts of the movie. So it's cool. Yeah. This movie was way better than I thought it had any right to be. I, 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 I was not expecting to get this much out of a movie, which I literally thought was just going to be, Oh, she's a quirky girl. He's a, you know, um, kind of, you know, outcast Sci- guy. Yeah. And and they're going to fall in love, and it's going to be the tale of their romance journey, and then it's going to end with them kissing at the dance. Like I, that's literally what I thought I was going to get by watching this movie, and I got way way more than that. So I was I was impressed. So you're cool. you impressed or depressed? Uh, I wasn't depressed at all. <laughs> no, not anymore. Now, not since we met Star Girl, we can't be depressed. Yeah. Our lives are all better because of it. We all need to they are. Stars. <laughs> oh, and we we left out uh, their trophy case fills up to the brim. The mm-hmm. high school, the entire high school has changed because of her. All of them, yes. Yeah, Star girls worked her magic. Now on to the next school in Hoboken, <laughs> Hoboken, you know, Hoboken, Pennsylvania. The mud pigs. The mud pigs have <laughs> never won. They've never won a rugby game all year. Well, we've gone uh, pr- pretty long on this episode, but I'm glad we had a really good conversation about the movie. I, I think it's uh, it's important to talk about these new, like, exclusive things, and we probably need to cover some of the other stuff too at some point. But um, what else are you guys watching on Disney Plus this week? Uh, um, well, we watched Frozen Two this week. We've had a lot of time, so we've watched Frozen oh, yeah. Two again. Um, Snow Dogs. We watched Snow Dogs. Snow Dogs. It's really good. Okay. And we okay. watched Old Dogs as well, which was hilarious. Okay. Hmm. I don't think I've seen either of those. And then we've watched a couple episodes of Smart Guy and Lizzie McGuire here and there. Okay. I really want to watch the Hannah Montana movie personally, but. Grant's not letting you? No. Because she doesn't want to watch Heavyweights again. She doesn't oh, want to watch else? Blank Check again. Jungle to Jungle. Kazam. Kazam. Kazam is on there? Yes. Wait a Kazam. minute. Kazam is on Disney Plus? Yes. Oh, my gosh. You're going to go watch it now. I'm going to go watch it and probably do an episode of the Horror Movie Podcast on it. Why not? We're stuck here. Because it's Shaquille O'Neal. Shaquille. Uh, Very cool. We're watching. For me, it's... 
Jack, or yeah, uh, Jack, same question. What have you been watching? Um, last night, Miller wanted to watch Big Hero 6, so he watched that. Oh, and then, yeah. Um, which I've seen that thing 4,000 times. That's kind of his – that's kind of his little kid movie when he was when he was younger, and he was like just like let's watch it again. Oh my gosh! So I've seen it a thousand times. So that obviously still watching X Men stuff um, for the animated series, and uh, obviously Star Wars is always on there. It's awesome. Yeah, for me it's been Star Wars all the time. Um, I've had a lot more hours this week than I have since we started this podcast to actually watch Disney Plus. So um, I've been tearing through. I am like already halfway through season five, if you can believe it. I, I, I think I ripped through an entire season's worth of That's episodes cool. this week. Um, so um, I just, I just watched, uh, I guess I'm, I know I'm only five, five episodes into season five, but the first five episodes of season five are um, a Saw Gerrera story, um, a series of episodes in season five, which I, I don't think I even knew that he was in the series. That's, that shows you how much, how little I knew about Clone right. Wars before I started watching it. But mm-hmm. Sakurera, obviously from Rogue One, um, I, cool. I I love his character in Rogue One. I did not even know he was in Clone Wars. And awesome. I, I got I got five whole episodes of Sakurera in it. Um, it basically shows Saw as a young cat. I mean, he's super young in this. Um, basically doing his parts of Free Onderon, the movie, that, mm-hmm. the, the, the planet that he's from. And it's basically a, a civil war story between... And I think, Jack, the, the most interesting part of it is that the Republic is present, like they're watching the ongoings of that planet, but they're not getting involved. Um, it's kind of um, prime directive style. Like they're, they're basically allowing this to play out and, see, and watching to see how it plays out. And they're kind of like, at one point, they kind of break a rule and send some weapons their way. But other than that, like they tell Ahsoka not to get involved with any of the fighting. And the reason for that is because the king, the recognized king on the planet is pro-separatist and the Republic has to honor whatever their delegates are like sending them. So mm. like they can't just like help overthrow a government, um, you know, but a- acting as a Republic. And so, but they basically are like, until the civil war plays out and they actually overtake and eventually of course they do by the fifth episodes, they, they take over the government and install them themselves and say, we're done with the separatists, we're pro-Republic. At that point, all the clones come in and like descend on that planet, but they basically can't do anything until the Civil War is over. And so Ahsoka is influencing them from the background, but she can't actually get directly involved in the, in the action. Um, That's in the yeah, so, That's good stuff. Yeah, it was really cool. And so, yeah, if you... If you haven't read, if you haven't watched those episodes, but you're a huge fan of Rogue One, uh, definitely check out um, Clone Wars season five, episodes one through five, because uh, Sagarera is in that. So, yeah. Uh, speaking of Clone Wars, we'll be back to talk about Clone Wars next week. Um, next week's episode will be episodes five and six of season seven of Clone Wars. Uh, finally, getting into some Ahsoka. Um, I we don't have time on today's episode. I, I I already put it in my notes for next week, Jack. But um, they announced. Did you see this? The uh, last couple of days they announced that Ahsoka is live action cast in season two yeah, of the Mandalorian. By, is that Rosario Dawson? Yeah, I'm super but excited about in, that. She's in uh, the Luke Cage. Stuff. She's a uh, night nurse in all of the the Marvel Netflix stuff. So okay, okay. Yeah, she's um, also a big. She's also a huge Bernie Sanders supporter. Sweet. Feel the band, band. Yeah, anyway, not, not the best here or there, but there you go. So, not um, really gonna talk politics on here, but there you go. 
So yeah, next week uh, we'll have a lot to talk about about Ahsoka watching these new episodes, and then um, also chat about what it means for her to be in live action for the first time um, since Star Wars began. So it's gonna um, be great. Lots lots of Ahsoka uh, things to look forward to this year. So great. Um, well, that's it for this episode. Um, let us know what you want to hear about on this podcast. Let us know what you want us to talk about in two weeks because um, we're talking about Clone Wars next week. We don't necessarily have anything planned out for two weeks from now. Um, and then uh, let us know what you've been watching on Disney+. Plus. We'd love to in- include you in the show. Just email DisneyPlusReviews at Hotmail.com. Uh, we've got a few ideas that we might um, throw out just amongst ourselves, but let us know if you have an idea for something that you want to hear a review about. Uh, thank you, Grant. Thank you, Caitlin, for joining us today on this episode. It was really fun having you guys on. I'm glad it wasn't just us dudes, me and Jack, talking about um, romantic <laughs> high school <Yeah>. drama. <laughs> um, but yeah, what a, what a great movie that turned out to be, so I'm glad that had you guys were on the show. Thank you, Jack, for uh, doing what you do all the time which is basically throwing out information and, and then our audience not knowing if it's real or not well uh, I'm living up to them guys our reality is what we create sometimes and <laughs> I want you to uh, fact check them so I'm challenging you go to Google go to trusted sites like Snopes Babylon B go to these trusted places Reddit Go to the comment section of a Yahoo article. Guys, the truth is in there somewhere, deep buried in there. I'm leaving. Oh. All right, we've lost Caitlin. Um, Bye, Kate. That must mean it's time to wrap this episode. She's tired. Thanks for joining us. Uh, We'll see you next week for some Clone Wars. See you then. Bye-bye.